You're listening to The State of Work, the podcast by Lano. The State of Work is about finding your place in the changing world of work as an individual or an organization. In each episode, we dive into some of the benefits and limitations we face when it comes to remote and flexible work. We discuss how we work, how we hire and manage people, and how we live in this increasingly global workplace. I'm your host, Maddie Duke, and in this week's success story, we get a peek into the life of a freelancer. Sandra Redlich is a freelance marketing consultant, copywriter, translator, and project manager. Originally from Germany, she's permanently settled in the beautiful city of Melbourne, Australia. Sandra spoke about what it's been like to establish herself as a freelancer in a new country, some of the challenges of working as a freelancer, and she shared some advice for people just starting out their freelance career. Hi, Sandra. Thanks so much for joining me on The State of Work. Hi, thanks for having me. Sandra, you are originally from Berlin and you're currently based in Melbourne. How long have you been based in Melbourne for? Yeah, um, I've been in Melbourne since I think last year, February, but in Australia for a little bit longer. Now I'm thinking, which year do we have? The last year kind of just flew past. No, I think that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> no, coming, up on, coming up on two years now. Great. And so tell me a little, tell me what do you do? What what do you do for work and and also what brought you to Melbourne? Yeah. So um, I'm a freelance marketing consultant, um, but mainly also copywriter and translator. Um, it's always a bit funny. There are so many descriptions for what you do because I kind of also do social media and some project management and just a little bit of everything. Um, but I guess the main thing is copywriting and translating. Um, and I do that for both German clients, um, because as you said, I'm from Berlin originally and also Australian clients or international clients in generally, in general. And I'm in Melbourne because, um, my partner is Australian. We met in Germany actually. Um, so he was working over there and we met and yeah, I kind of decided together that we might give it a try over here. Fantastic. Yeah, I did the move. (laughs) That's awesome. So Well, today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about both living in Melbourne and working for clients around the world and also about freelancing in general. So um, maybe we'll start with what, how how long have you been freelancing for? Were you already freelancing before you made the move to Australia? Yeah, I was already freelancing in in Germany. Um, So I started off um, doing it as kind of like a side hustle while I was still full-time employed. Um, and then it kind of took over, but the goal always was at that point to do it full time. So I've been doing it um, for four and a half years now, coming up on five. Yeah. Great. And you've made that huge move within that time, which is yes. pretty amazing. What would you say your biggest challenge has been over that last four years? Yeah, my biggest um, challenge at first was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do because I kind of in the beginning even I have a hard time describing the one thing that I do because I like to do a lot of different things and that's the flexibility of not only where and when you work but also what you work um, absolutely is a big thing that I like and that yeah. drew me to freelancing um, so that was a big challenge in the beginning and I still sometimes struggle with that because um, yeah. I also get a little bit excitable and I see other people doing things and then I'm like, I want to do that as well. That sounds really cool. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, but I think the, one of the biggest fears concerning um, the move was if I was 
going to be able to keep my German clients um, because obviously starting off in Germany, I had most of my clients um, were German back then. And I thought, oh, the, the time zone difference and just people might be scared even just seeing a foreign um, address on the invoice or, you know, how do I do it with the currency and all of these questions that you ask yourself. So that was the biggest fear that I had, um, which actually turned out to be not that bad at all. Would you be able to step us through how you ended up navigating that? Like how how did your German clients take the change when you decided to move and, and have you been able to manage the time zone reasonably well or, or has it been a problem? Yeah, the time zone has actually been not a problem at all. Um, I found the one by one thing is just open communication, just letting people know where you are and what works for you and then just planning your day around it a little bit. So now my my all my meetings and my calls are just in my evening time. Um, then of course there is um, the funny difference with um, whenever there's daylight savings in Australia and the change of time zone in, in Germany. So right now we're eight hours apart, which is good for me. Um, it will be 10 come our summer and your winter. So <laughs> that'll make it a little bit more diff- uh, difficult. Yeah. Um, but that has... Yeah, as I said, not been difficult at all because if you communicate it openly, people generally the the response I get is people are very excited, and they still yeah. get um yeah super excited about oh I'm speaking to someone from the other side of the world. <laughs> I get that a lot still, so it's more happiness about it. Um, yeah, and in terms of um the making the move because there was a transitional phase where I was still registered in Germany with all my business expenses and everything um mm-hmm. and then when I actually switched um to being registered here not in Germany um here being Australia I um yeah just took that as a as an opportunity to get in touch with my clients and kind of say hey just to let you know my invoicing address will change but that's the only thing that changes for you yeah um so establishing yourself as a freelancer in a new country are there, are there any ways that you've or how have you connected locally with other businesses and freelancers in Australia or in Melbourne? Yeah, that's actually been one of the biggest or still ongoing challenges, um, definitely, because um, my start in Melbourne kind of coincided with the start of the pandemic. Um, and we had a, a pretty tough lockdown at the start of it, two lockdowns, and it was just um, r- really restricting and there was just no way of mingling um so I did join some Facebook groups and um did some LinkedIn researches to find other people um but that honestly didn't really lead to anything Mm -hmm. and I've never been a person that works well in co-working spaces um I actually function quite well on my own in my home office so that also never really interested me so I'm only now kind of starting to get out there and make more connections um and that kind of just came naturally um, by putting yourself out there and just having conversations. Sometimes it's really as easy as just letting someone know, oh, actually, I work in that field. Um, and then I find a lot of times then people go, oh, I know someone who also works in marketing, who does that, and then you start having conversations and that's really valuable. Yep. There is one, just to be completely transparent to the listeners, I'm actually from Melbourne originally and now <laughs> living in Berlin. So coincidentally, Sandra and I have kind of swapped Situation. places yeah yeah <laughs> um but if I can recommend to you and anyone listening from Australia there's a fantastic freelance network group on Facebook called freelance jungle definitely check them out um 
So let's talk a little bit about clients. If, if I can ask you, what, what would your ideal client relationship look like? Mm, that's difficult because you, you have so much to pick and choose from. But I think um, for, for freelancers, the one thing that's always kind of missing is security in, in money and in, in job and in work time. So how much time you actually get to spend on working. Um, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times people, especially, um, I find, um, back home in Germany, people always associate being self-employed with working endless hours and being just flat out. And I mean, that's kind of a dream scenario. If you have the amount of work in the clients to, um, to be at that point and just outsource work. Um, but you have to get to that place, um, at first. So my first, uh, two years, three years, it was, um, really up and down, also depending on how much I actually put myself out there because back in Germany also I really didn't network that much or as much as I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of took a little bit of time to get established and to have that work. But um, an ideal client for me would be someone who's very transparent about how much they want to work with me and what they expect of me um, because I find a lot of times people tend to see freelancers as this amazing option to just have one task outsourced quickly. Um, and a lot of times that is what it is and I do that as well but it's really awesome if you get to be part of of a team a little bit more and get a little bit more insights um, and you feel valued and that information is shared with you because I think that's probably one of the biggest things is sharing information yeah because I find especially as a copywriter oftentimes you um, you get a quick briefing um, and I like short briefings Um, I don't like the three-page pdf documents um, (laughs) that much Um, but it's nice to get, um, some feedback after as well, just in terms of how is the article performing? What were you actually looking to achieve with it? Are we achieving Mm -hmm. it? Is there anything I can take away from it in terms of change the headlines or we would have liked a little bit more linking or a little bit more personable approach in the copy? So something that I can take away, um, and learn from as well. So yeah, an ideal client would do that as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Have you ever had to let go of a client, like resign or fire a client that that just wasn't a good match? Yeah, I've I've thought about it a couple of times. Um, both of the cases actually been actually I did no. Now that you're, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I did actually. Yes, I did do that. Um, and there were a couple of times where I um, considered it or almost did it. A lot of times um, because of just the payment. Uh, process being extremely difficult to handle with a lot of reminders mm-hmm. and just no replies and you're just feeling like you're being ripped off which has happened yeah. to me in the beginning as well where you do perform work and then you, you never hear of them again um, especially as a young freelancer just starting out you don't really know what to do and yeah. I still I'm a little bit um, wary of that I don't like um, yeah weirdly enough I don't like talking about finances with my clients too much in terms of hey where's my money you just never like to remind people too much of that yeah it's interesting because as a freelancer you're essentially running your own business and in addition to the service and skill that you're actually providing for a client you've got to bring all these other skills like managing clients and managing payments and having those conversations that may not have originally been part of your ideal kind of skill set it's yeah absolutely. that's at least what I've found and and it sounds a little bit like that as well with you um, yeah definitely 
Do you have any rituals around or like celebrations around finishing a new project or any milestones along your freelance journey? And the reason I ask is partly because I know it can be really hard to build community. And when you're when you're in an employment situation and you've got colleagues and you're celebrating together internally in with everyone else in the office who's been working there together, as a freelancer, you're kind of a sole operator. And I think it can be really important to celebrate milestones for yourself is that something that you do not actively I think it's a really good point that you're bringing up and I probably should do that more one thing I have learned though is um and I need to do like actively remind myself to do it is just to share with my friends and family what I'm doing and what I'm working on um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I get amazing feedback and, you know, you get that celebration that you would usually have from coworkers. Um, but I guess it's a little bit difficult sometimes to bring it up because um, it's uh, it's hard to explain your work sometimes, especially to people who don't work in the industry. Um, yeah. And then all the work you have to put into explaining it and <laughs> kind of setting the framework to then go, hey, I did this amazing thing. Um, and have an appropriate reaction or the reaction you find appropriate is a little bit difficult. But if you do break it down and make it more simple, I guess um, people, the number one thing is people also just get excited if you're excited. So if you tell them, hey, I did this thing and it's really cool, they probably won't say, oh, I don't get it. Um, yeah. why is it cool I've never heard of this they're like, just go, yeah they're just like I don't get it but yay yeah, well done you <laughs> exactly <laughs> and sometimes that's all you need right you just need yeah someone like your cheerleader to kind of celebrate with you yeah yeah do you have any sort of self-care tips or rituals around making sure that you don't burn out or or overwork like you mentioned earlier about there is a bit of a, I mean, I would say there's almost two views. Like some people seem to think that freelancers are like in between jobs and not really doing anything. (laughs) And then other people understand that with freelancing it's and self-employment, it's often more like you're actually never not working. If you're not working on client work, you're working on getting new clients and, and managing your, the admin side of your business. And it can really lead to burnout. And yeah, I wanted to ask about any preventative tips that you might have to share? Um, I think just planning your day is is a very big thing for me. Routine, I guess, building a routine in a job that usually doesn't have a lot of routines. Um, so now when I know oh, I have a lot of calls or meetings in the evenings, I'll make sure that there is a period in the afternoon where I'll just take two hours off um, and just do things around the house, do a workout or just do something that is good for me. Um, also, what's really helped is um, I, I have a dog. Um, so I every lunch break, we go for a walk for an hour. So that's really, that's become also a routine. Um, and it really helps to just get your, yourself away from the computer. You're not even thinking about it. You're fully focusing on walking and being outside and interacting with your dog. So that's definitely helped um, for me. And also planning my day around my own personal preferences. Um mm-hmm. And not sticking so much to the nine to five office hours that we all know because I did find or I still find that um, I feel like I'm expected to sit at my computer at 9 a.m. even though I don't have to, especially with the different time zone. People won't care if I sit at 9 or at 10 or 11 or at 7 in the morning. Um, yeah. But actually – one of the benefits to freelancing. Yeah, absolutely. But I actually – 
found that I work better in the mornings. I'm more, Mm -hmm. especially if I'm writing creative copy, I'm way better in the mornings and I tend to do more administrative work in the afternoons. So just planning my day around that and knowing that's, that's how it works best for you. That really helps. Awesome. So would you have any advice, what advice would you have for someone that might just be starting out as a freelancer? Yeah, actually, one of my good friends is um, kind of in the process of doing that. Um, And we talk about it a lot, obviously, because she asks for advice. And um, yeah, I think people get overwhelmed by the amount of information that is out there and the country-specific regulations you have to meet. I know Germany especially is can be very confusing with all of the paperwork and all of the administrative stuff that you need to do. Um, so I think the number one advice would be just don't let that bring you down. Don't let that steal your dream of being self-employed because it is easy to be crushed by that and just say it's easier to just stick with a um, with a normal job. Uh, and also don't think um, don't think you can't do it. Um, and don't think you can't do it by yourself because I think a lot of people also tend to, but they see all this information and then they think they have to hire an accountant immediately and pay for this and pay for that, um, service and kind of like overwhelmingly, oh, I'm not qualified for this. I need to outsource it. And I, know that it is overwhelming, but you can figure it out, especially in the beginning. It does make sense to outsource certain things and certain uh, tools and and software is super helpful and it can actually really help you increase your productivity and spend time on the really important things. Um, But I think you have to be um, a a bit more aware and just have a little bit more experience to make these calls. So before you actually have ever worked for your first client, you don't need to download um, a expensive software that'll help you do your taxes or I don't know, get get a coach um, or any of these things. If you personally feel like that's what you need, that's that's obviously fine. But just from my experience, I think it's have a little bit of patience and just get started. Just start doing it. You learn so much by doing. You never stop learning. I'm still learning so much um, doing this work every, every day. Um, and just embrace the chaos of it, I guess. <laughs> At least in the beginning, because it'll it'll be chaos. <laughs> yes, that's great advice. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for that advice, and also for your time today, Sandra. It's been really really nice getting a bit of an insight into what it's been like for you as someone who's moved internationally while building their freelance career. All the best to you and thanks again so much for joining us on The State of Work. Thanks for having me. The State of Work is brought to you by Lano. Lano has a free all-in-one app to manage clients, track tasks, create invoices and get paid on time. Register and send your first invoice today at lano.io. To read more about Sandra's freelance success story, head to podcast.lano.io. Thanks for listening and see you next time on The State of Work.